Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,815. Today we're going racing at the Skip Barber Racing School. Buckle up, it's going to be fun. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Sebring, Florida. Yeah, that's a cool place, with a very special guest by the name of Bruce McInnes. Hey, Bruce, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear? Are you ready to release the clutch? Betcha. Put an ambulance in the first turn because I'm going for it. <laughs> well, Okay, that's an interesting way to phrase that, but uh, I'm laughing because you listeners will find out in a minute. We got a guy who's had a lot of seat time here. He knows what he's doing on a track or in the air, too. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, Bruce, I want you to share one little thing that maybe, this might be hard because people have known about you for so long, maybe most people don't know about you. Well, when I was in college, I was asked to leave pre-theology school. That's about the only, I was in theology and I, I saw the light and, and I didn't continue in that regard. <laughs> you, now you were asked to leave. Is that the way? No, yeah. I, I, they didn't like my questions. <laughs> ah, well, you know, this is very interesting because questions are such a key part of great communication. And I found that when people don't like questions, that's when things get interesting. Oh, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was quite a time. But I, I just, you know, I just couldn't go down that road, and I always liked being in motion, so I got involved with racing. Well, there you go, and what a life you've had. You know, my son, when he was younger, he would get in debates with schoolmates in, in school, and I said, Blake, it's pretty simple when you have a disagreement with somebody. Just start asking questions and then shut up, and that will usually change the whole dynamic of the conversation, and uh, to this day, I think he does that pretty well. Maybe he follows my lead. That's what I do. Ask people questions all day and then try to shut up. So let me give you a proper introduction. Bruce McInnes has been professionally coaching racing drivers for over 40 years and has successfully competed in a wide variety of production cars, formula cars, and prototype racers. As a senior instructor at the Skip Barber Racing School, Bruce's credentials include two pro Formula Ford National Championships, 18 lap records, Formula Magazine's Driver of the Year, not once but twice, and winning Lime Rock's Can-Am in a Lola T333, a 333 Chevy in the rain, no less. Okay, you're a big boy in my book now. <laughs> That's a scary <laughs> car. Bruce coaches at over 20 tracks nationwide, and he and his wife, Vicky, are both private pilots and lifetime members of the Experimental Aircraft Association. He's an active restorer of vintage cars, kit cars, kit airplanes, and custom motorcycles. What a life. We'll be back in a minute to talk more with Bruce, but first a word from our valued sponsor. So give him a little listen and we'll be right back. Keep your seatbelts on. Are you ready to get out and hit the road? Boy, I sure am. This country has so much to offer and what better way than to get out and drive. Covercraft protects the things that move you. From protective covers for the outside of your vehicles to the inside with dash covers, seat covers, and sunscreens, all creatively designed to keep your vehicle cool for those roadside stops for a meal or to take in the view. Covercraft custom tailors their designs for your special vehicles. 
and manufacturers with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Road trips can be hard on your vehicle surfaces, so protect them. And when you get home, cleanup is fast and easy. And you want to get a deal? Well, I've got one just for you. Use the code ya 21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off compliments of cars, yeah. Simply use the code Y-E-A-H-21, yeah, 21, at checkout. I've been protecting my vehicles with Covercraft covers since 1975. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Go to Covercraft.com today. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, while I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled are stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. They're the ones that insure my car. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Bruce, we're back. So let's go a little deeper into the corner, something that you certainly love to do. And I would love for you to kind of just... Take us on a walk through your your life here, which I know can't be done in a short, condensed time frame. We could be here all day, but just kind of bring us up to date with what you're doing there at Skip Barber Racing School. Well, you know, in the early days, I I was optimistic with a short memory and a limited imagination, so I thought I could actually make it to Formula One. Uh, I had no money. I was eating dog food, living in my car, and... uh, you know, I just I really enjoyed the the whole concept of formula cars. I went to Hobart College, and it was up the road from Watkins Glen, and I saw Jimmy Clark and wow. and uh, Graham Hill and all those guys racing all those cool cars, and I had to be a part of that. So I went out and I I made enough money to buy just a car. I bought a Formula Formula Ford, and I didn't have money for a trailer or a tow car. And I went out, and and uh, we ended up doing pretty well with that car. So life went on, and I I won a bunch of championships and and set some lap records. And then toward the end of my really intense racing, Skip Barber got a look at me and asked me to work for him. And I always thought when I was struggling for sponsorship that I would sponsor a kid. And my way of doing that is to teach. So I I really enjoy doing that. As you know, seeing my my. Uh, my guys do a great job in race cars, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, no kidding. You know, this is pretty cool. Skip Barber was an early guest here on Cars, yeah. And uh, Kirk Dooley was a, mo- a more recent guest. He's the COO there at Skip Barber Racing School, so we both know Kirk. Great show for you listeners if you miss it. But I'll remind our listeners, I got my racing license when I was racing vintage cars at Skip Barber at Laguna Seca. I also did a couple-day course there at Road America. That school, the whole program is so cool and 
the great thing in my mind, and you can chat a little bit more about this, is it's not just for racers. If you want to go and just have an experience and see what it's like to be on a track, they bring everybody up to speed at their own pace. So it's not like you're thrown in there and you're intimidated or you feel awkward or anything. For me, I wanted to see if I wanted to race vintage cars, if I really thought that's what I should do before I went and bought a car like you did. I was nowhere near the skill level that you are, Bruce. But talk a little bit more about what you do there and what Skip Barber is all about so that those people listening that thought or thinking, maybe I should do this, but might be a little scary, intimidating, that <laughs> they need to step onto the track because it's cool. Well, years ago, you had to be pretty brave to drive a race car. I mean, cars had bicycle tires. They had wooden wheels. They had hardly any brakes. They went very fast on straightaways. They went as fast on straightaways then as many race cars do today. And you had to be brave to drive them. Uh, they were really hurting and killing people. So it, the, the sport has changed tremendously over the years, especially with the advent of Skip Barber and schools like it, where we give you a progressive approach to the sport. We give you a way of thinking so that everything comes at you slowly. And we progressively hand you responsibility. And at the end, you are what you do and things usually come right. So it's it's a wonderful course. Uh, I wish I had it when I started. Uh, I don't think you can go to a bad school, but there's a reason guys like Mario Andretti, Phil Hill, Dan Gurney, and a lot of very prominent racers have all sent their sons to Skip Barber. And uh, it's kind of cool to see. It's great. Absolutely. Now, for what you do, being a coach, I love the way you phrase that, giving back, helping people have fun in a car, learning how to drive, learning how to be a better driver, whether it's on the street or the track, just safety and how to manage a car and so forth. What are some of the favorite aspects of what you do as a coach there? Well, you see light bulbs coming on every day, and racing is a way of thinking. We, we give them a, a whole philosophy of how to drive the car with discipline, aggression, and with a sense of calm. There's a lot of misconceptions in the sport that you have to be brave, you have to be, uh, you know, you have to feel fast. There's a lot of basic rules in the sport, like, you know, if you're, uh, one of the basic rules is pain advance, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's a lot of basic rules. Like when it feels good in a race car, you really want to be careful. When it feels good, watch out. Yes. There's a lot of, re you know, there's a rule that if you're going to fight, don't take your helmet off. There's a lot of rules. <laughs> so there's a lot of little pieces of information that we progressively hand the responsibility to the driver. And uh, those guys usually come right. And I, I will say this, that sometimes talent is not the thing you need to do a great job in a race car. There are many talented guys that are just fast, flaky guys, but there are many people that think about it a lot. And you can win a lot of races if you're thinking ahead and knowing what you're doing. So it's kind of a cool thing to see. When you go back in time in your life when you were actually racing and doing that for a living and now looking at it, what are some of the, the things that have radically changed in racing as a profession? Well, it's getting extremely expensive. Yes. Uh, it's getting crazy. Years ago, you could buy a Formula Ford for $4,500, and now a vintage Formula Ford is 18000 to 25000 So it's gotten gotten pretty expensive. One of the biggest things is tire costs are so high, and tires are only good for three heat cycles, and you got to throw them away. So it's, you know, it's, it's not too good. We do an affordable uh, program for a race series where we race high-tech $100,000 Formula 4s, and uh, there's some up-and-coming drivers you'll, you'll read about that are really good like Johnny Gundy and, and uh, Nathan Bird. There's a lot of really good up-and-coming guys coming through the program. But Skip Barber offers programs for everybody and every type of driving and racing. We have the Haggerty Driving Academy for kids and also for people who just want to be better street drivers. We have a Roush intro with uh, 750 horsepower stage three Roush cars. And then we have one-day courses. We have intros to racing. We have three-day racing schools. And then we have a two-day advanced program. We also offer private coaching and we have corporate schools. 
Uh, and then we have a race series. So there's a lot going on at Skip Barber. And the best part of this whole thing is Skip Barber has risen from the ashes in the last few years with the uh, the help of the, the DeMonte family. Anthony yeah. DeMonte and his family have really helped change the whole nature of this school. These guys work as hard or harder at it than anyone ever has, and I'm pretty impressed. I didn't think I was going to even like them when I heard about them buying the, the school, but I, I uh, was convinced by Terry Earwood, one of our best instructors, to, um, to come and work for him, and I like him a lot, and I'm proud to be a part of the program now, which is very cool. You know, I had a great conversation just last week with Dan uh, DeMonte about the school and what they're doing there. And I was so impressed. And of course, I mentioned uh, when I had Kirk on the show was super. One of the things that I learned when Kirk was on the show is you guys, you've mixed up a lot of stuff. You do so many programs now, but you go to a lot of places versus, versus having in the old days, just certain schools of certain tracks. Yeah, we, we actually used to go to 20 racetracks. It was a little crazy. Uh, now I think we go to five or six or seven. And I, I was looking at the list of tracks that we are going to. And we go to Laguna Seca and Lime Rock and New Jersey Motorsports Park and Gateway. And we're hoping to go back to Sebring. There's, there's lots of lots of choices, which is kind of cool. Do you have a favorite track? The one I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> I love them all. I love them all. The tracks, the canvas, the cars, the paintbrush, and I love it. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I interrupted. You were going to say something? I don't know. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> You're fun to talk to, that's for sure. Hey, Bruce, let's go back in time a little bit. I'd love to hear about a driving inspiration in your life. Somebody that was a mentor, somebody who was an influencer, somebody that really kind of helped you. Maybe it was back in your racing days. Talk about that person and how important they were. Well, that person is Mark Donahue. Oh, wow. Uh, the Mark Donahue. Mark volunteered his time to go all around the country and do programs for the Road Racing Drivers Club. And I was fortunate enough to be a part of three of those. And then I would send Mark a, a, uh, a list of questions. And he was always on the road. So Judy Stropas, I don't know if you know who she of is. Of course. She was, yes, he's been a guest here. Yeah, Judy is an amazing woman. And she was Mark's friend. And she would call Mark anywhere he was in the whole country and read the questions and then record the answers. Wow. I didn't know that about Judy. Yeah, she was she was a real close friend of Mark's, and and Mark was extremely helpful in terms of helping develop up and coming new guys. And one of the most touching things that's happened to me as a as an instructor is Mark helped me, and I helped his kids, and that was really cool to do. I cried actually at the school I taught Michael and David, which is kind of cool. Wow. Yeah, I, that's incredible. I mean, Mark Donahue is just one of those guys that. The more you learn about him and being a friend like you where you knew, but as somebody that wasn't his friend, the more you learn about him, just the bigger he gets and the more impressive he is with his prowess, his knowledge, it, the way he behaved, the way he acted, the way he helped and interfaced. And now learning what you've told me today, I mean, he just gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, he was an amazing guy and he helped a lot of people just like me. It was very, very cool. Wow, that is quite a mentor. If you were going to advise somebody to go into either the career you have at Skip Barber with coaching or maybe advise somebody to go out and take a course and get comfortable at speed in any kind of vehicle, how would you do that? How would you advise them? Well, I, I'd say look around and see what every school has to offer. As I mentioned, it's hard to go to a bad school, but this is a school, you know, Skip Barber has come along over the years teaching a theory of driving called trail braking, and not every school taught that. And uh, in the early days when Skip first started in 75, um, we had only three, I think we had seven cars, they were Lola's, and we had to chase them around the pits with a welding torch because they had flexible <laughs> frames. And <laughs> But we evolved to become the biggest school in the world, not because of just doing that. We, it's because we are really one of the best schools you could possibly ever go to. People really care about it. One of the 
prerequisites for an instructor is that he really cares about helping. And we had an ad in the paper for instructors, and I think we had 400 applicants. Whoa. We interviewed we interviewed 30 guys. We didn't hire one guy. But over the years, we've come up with the best guys in the business and guys wow. that really care about helping and that are competitive. They're nice guys. They can express themselves well, and they also uh, they they just really can drive race cars, which is really cool. So let me put it this way. If somebody listening out there has never been in a race car and they hear Skip Barber Racing School, they think, well, I don't want to be a race car driver, but I want to get smarter and better with my car. Maybe I want to go do some uh, driver's days with clubs. I might have a Porsche or BMW or even a Ferrari or something, but I'm a little nervous about that because I don't want to wreck my car. We've heard the horror stories. How would you advise them to go about the different courses that you guys offer and what kind of mindset would you put them in as a coach so that they're comfortable when they get there and they don't do anything silly? Well, I think if they're just interested in better street driving, the Haggerty Driving Academy or the One Day Driving School is the way to go. We do have intros to racing, which are only half a day, Then we have, but they're in really high-performance Roush Stage 3 Mustangs. Uh, then we have the One Day Racing School. Uh, we offer that in, in Mustang GTs as well as Formula 4s, and that's a good way to get your feet wet. But the core program is a three-day racing school where you get a racing license and uh if you want to, it's like an outward bound experience and we don't start, you know, we just, we, we separate skills. We integrate them at a moderate speed and we progressively give the responsibility to the guys. And at the end of the school, they're going about as fast as they can go. And it feels slower at the end of the school than it does at the beginning. Hard yeah. to believe. You know, I, I experienced the same thing. Exactly. You get, you get more comfortable, but you don't want to be too comfortable. As you said, I think that that works in life too. When you find yourself in a job or in a relationship or anything, and you're feeling a little too comfortable, uh, that's time to worry. That's time to- Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, time to change some things up and push yourself a little harder. Let's take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about a big challenge you've faced in your life. You've been a race car driver, so you've faced a lot of those. So uh, sit tight and we'll be right back with Bruce. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And coming soon, something new for you Cars Yeah listeners. I'll be teaming up with Craig Jackson on the first ever Barrett Jackson podcast, coming to your mobile devices every week. Listen here on Cars Yeah and check out the Barrett Jackson website for unique details on this new exciting podcast that I'm very proud to be a part of. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. All right, Bruce, so let's talk about a huge obstacle, big challenge, even a big failure that you face. This could be in life, your career. That doesn't really matter. The real question in this is, what did it teach you so that you could come out positive on the other end? So take us on a little journey, <laughs> the, if you would. The biggest failure was not making it to Formula One. 
I was I was very naive that I thought you could do this without money. I thought if you won races, they would call me. And I was I was also committed to working on the car. And I, if I had known that you have to promote yourself as well as make the car right, I would have spent more time looking for sponsors. But you know, ego's like a loaded gun, and <laughs> and I, I I honestly thought they were going to call me when I won all those championships and and stuff. But it was just naive on my part, and it also I didn't have a lot of money from my family, so I didn't get to that next level. There were a lot, you know, in, in a country of 300 million people, there's going to be 15 people that are brilliant race drivers that also have a lot of money. Sebring one time I was I was going to get paid 3000 for a 12 hour race in the 70s and a guy flew overhead with a P51 Mustang and came down and bought my ride right out from underneath me so Oh jeez. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then I had the Bob Sharp ride with you know with Dotsons mm-hmm. and Tom Cruise was a part of that but Paul Newman got that ride. Oh yeah. He has a few coins or had a few coins. Yeah, and it was very – I was very depressed about that until he drove into turn one and they announced his – you know, he was coming into turn one and the entire amphitheater of women sighed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I understood that the reality is, you know, he was a little better looking than me. So. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Bruce. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not making it to Formula One was a big, a big disappointment. But I, you know, to be honest, I was lucky I ever race beyond my first or second race because I had no money and I, I got sponsored in my third event. Wow. So I was very cool. lucky. You know, and over the years, many people came and helped. And then beyond that, I was able to be a part of the sport through Skip Barber. Skip was my benevolent boss for 25 years. And without him, I wouldn't have a job today. So I, I've, I've enjoyed myself and I, I have no regrets. I, I was lucky to do what I did and uh, I'm happy about it. Now we're part of the Skip Barber, the resurrected Skip Barber School. Yeah, is- yeah, I, I think you've done quite well, Bruce. You've had a lot of fun, but you know, I've had hundreds of racers on this show, many very famous names, and some of them, um, you know, like Bobby Rahal talks about the time where he was literally going to go, I'm done, I'm not going to race anymore, I can't, I don't have any money, and then something happens, and you get to that next level. And a lot of people who don't know that part of racing, they just look back and think, oh, if you're a good driver, everyone's going to want you, but especially these days, you, you got to have a lot of money. You got to bring, even in the Formula One level, a lot of those guys are bringing money to the table. Oh yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots and lots of money. So very expensive sport. Now you've had quite a life. I mean, an incredible life, but are there still some things on your bucket list you'd like to accomplish? Well, just things I'd like to do. One thing, all the years that I've raced and all the people I've taught that has race, I've raced Indy cars, I have never been to the Indy 500. Hard to believe. What? And we've had Indy 500 winners. We've had, uh, I think, 70% of the field one year was all Skip Barber guys, which is kind of cool. But I've always been working those those days. Oh. I had to make a living. Yeah. So I've never been to the Indy 500. So I'm hoping someone listening can actually, that has a skybox, can actually call me and tell me to come. Well, yeah, somebody out there, come on, give Bruce a chance here. He's got to go to, <laughs> that sounds like a song, give Bruce a chance. Uh, yeah, you got to go. I've been to a couple and I got really lucky because one year I got invited by Cummins. So I was in their box and and got to have their whole you know catering thing. I got to go backstage. I got to go to the Indy when they were racing the Formula One there. I uh, was a guest of Ferrari one year. I got to have lunch across the table from Michael Schumacher. That was pretty Isn't dark. that cool? Pretty That's darn cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Just, but that track is just, you know, when you watch Indy 500 as a kid and all the way through your life and you see it and it's, you know, coming up in May again and it's this wonderful thing. But when you go there, well, you know this because you've been to many races. It's a whole nother level of reality, experience, out-of-head-mind 
crazy. It's just, and I'll tell you one of the, <laughs> the things is the year that I went the first time, it rained at the end of the race and they had to stop the race and everybody was blaming me because I came from Seattle. So they, <laughs> they figure I brought the, it was like, oh, that guy from Seattle over there, he's the one that made it. Yeah, it was a bit of a challenge. They had to stop the race and kept drying the track and stopping the race. And yeah, it was kind of a bummer, but you definitely got to just do it. You got to just do it. I think it. it'll happen eventually. Yeah. I'd like to go to Monaco too. That'd be fun. Well, yeah. I haven't been able to do that. That's another one on my list is get to experience that. Maybe go one of the years they're having the vintage races the weekend before and then stay with the week and then, uh, you know, go to the Formula One race. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. We'll have to do that together, Bruce. I think that'd be pretty fun. We'll, uh, we'll find some uh, benefactor who will take us there, fly us in their private jet and helicopter us in. Yeah. Okay. That'd I'll get, be good. I'll get to work. I know about 1,800 and... 15 people now. So I'll see what I can do for us. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. Now you've had a lot of race cars, you've driven a lot of cars, but in your case too, you're a pilot and we haven't talked about that, but that's a big part of you and Vicky's life, your wife's life as well. Before I have you talk about one special vehicle that stands out for you, talk a little bit about your fascination and passion for flying. Well, I knew after racing to be something, and I, I really was always challenged by flying. I've always liked the idea of, of the privileged view of going up in the air and checking out the world. So I was able to uh, – actually, it happened because I lost the Carl Haas Can-Am ride, and I couldn't work, and I went and bought a home-built aircraft magazine, mm -hmm. and there was a guy on the cover that – uh, had an ultralight and he was on floats and he it was built 40 miles from my house so i went up there and bought that thing oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> and i asked him how to fly it and he said well you take our two-day training course and the, he didn't trim it for my weight so when i took off it wouldn't go down and i was in a lot of trouble i've been scared in my life what? But this was about the most frightening thing it had an aft center of gravity and it wouldn't go down and I was just lucky to live through that. If I hadn't had racing experience, I would have died. Oh, but, my God. You know, the plane literally – you mean you took off, you were it flying. it kept climbing. It kept climbing. It wouldn't even react to the airlines. It was flying so slow. And I, I fortunately, I lived through it. I was just I marginally on the – even imagine so what was going through your mind. I mean, the first thing must have been, why did I do this? Well, it's probably the stupidest thing I've ever done, but I trusted this guy. And again, we're optimists, optimists with short memories, so that's why <laughs> yes. we do stuff. Oh but my then we retreated, and I went, I went to the national championships two weeks later, and we finished third. So that was kind of oh, cool. Jeez, you're not, you're not an overachiever, are you, Bruce? <laughs> no, 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 I'm not very bright. But when I, I finally realized that the FAA has a good idea with certified parts, so I bought a certified airplane, and then I bought an experimental home built with a certified engine, and now I have a seaplane called a Sea Ray, and I fly it. I've been flying it from New York down to Sebring and back. Unfortunately, I have an eye issue right now. I may have to give up flying, so I may sell that. So, oh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, you got to experience it. I mean, flying is one of those things I never. I've been in some private planes and so forth. Live next door to a pilot. Does that count for anything? Uh, he <laughs> flies big jets. He flew those big sea cargo planes, the C 130s. Yeah, those giant yeah. things, and uh, flew triple through triple sevens and seven forty sevens for American for years and years. So. Uh, yeah, if you're listening, Bill, hello, good morning. Uh, your dog, I hope you have him ready for a walk in about an hour. Uh, but uh, that's pretty cool. Well, let's go back to my original question, and that is one really special vehicle in your life. What was that? Or well, is the spe that? You, you'd laugh when I tell you, but uh, <laughs> I had, I had, a, we had a van that we towed our race cars with when we had a two-car Atlantic to form Atlantic team, and we named the van Christine because it tried to kill us three times. Jeez. <laughs> 
first time uh, we had too much tongue load and my, my mechanic was driving and he, he put the brakes on it, lifted the front wheels three feet in the air and we plowed over the top of a hill into, in the back of this woman's car. Oh my God. And he didn't have, he didn't have a license. So he got arrested. Second time we were going down the hill at Watkins Glen and the brakes failed and we were lucky to survive that. And the third time is the most amazing thing. Um, it was a turn that had, I, I had a premonition about a corner for six months that I drove to work around. And I approached the corner on my last week of work and I, I said, oh man, here comes that turn again. And I looked out the rear window and the axle and hub and wheel are coming out of the housing and the thing starts flipping underneath the van and lifting the back of the van up and down, but we didn't flip it. Gosh. Yeah. So it was Christine is my special vehicle story. Christine. Now what kind of van was that? It was just a Dodge extended wheelbase Dodge van, but oh. it tried to kill us three times. Jeez. It was amazing. I think I'm going to start calling you the cat. The cat with yeah. nine lives. Wow. You have no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. You know, you spoke at the beginning of our talk here about your way of giving back is helping others learn how to be better drivers, safer, faster, whatever that might be. Is that been a, a key part of your mentorship and your giving back to others throughout your life? I'll be honest with you. Nothing makes me happier than to see people overcome their fear and do a great job in a race car. And the measure of success is not necessarily the speed. It's the progress a person makes and how he feels about his performance. Uh, we we give them a lot of responsibility at the end of our school. We actually unlimited speed, unlimited speed. And if you can blow the motor, we'll buy you a Coke. <laughs> but we want you to Now, be... nobody told me that when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we teach disciplined aggression with a sense of calm, like I mentioned earlier. And uh, it comes to a way of thinking that is a very measured approach where you develop your skills with footwork and the line and the braking levels. And the speed comes all by itself. And you learn a lot. It's an amazing, amazing outward bound type experience. Yeah. Well, back when I was racing, I remember I was frustrated because they would lump me in with the Formula Fords and my car being a Lotus 18 was much slower, drum brakes, not as fast. And I was always kind of at the back of the pack and it was frustrating me. And I had a, it was a guy named Dick who was uh, the head of Sovereign here and he raced a Jolus, which was kind of a similar car to mine, but a little quicker. And uh, he gave me some, one day he pulled me aside and he said, I can tell you're a little frustrated, Mark. And I said, yeah, I just, you know, obviously I can't keep up with these guys. And I feel like it's just, why am I bothering with this? And he gave me some great tips that just changed my whole perspective. I still couldn't keep up with those guys, but I bettered my lap time by two, three, even four seconds eventually. Very cool. Some of these tips he gave me about braking and, you know, driving a drum brake car is very different. And I was, at the time I was driving a uh, 911 Porsche and a BMW M3 as a street car that I take on the track. And those cars, you know, were just fast and fun and you get in that little Lotus and this wasn't that quick. So I know exactly what you're talking about to see somebody that all of a sudden they went, oh, I got to that next step. I feel so good. So you're competing against yourself in essence. You bet. And knowledge is an amazing thing. I'll give you an example. We had a guy at with an, with an Oscar, which had a front engine tractor motor. It had drum brakes and a solid rear axle. And he ran in the rain during the fall festival, the vintage fall festival against all the Formula Fords, qualified last, and it rained. And he had knowledge. And he went from last to fourth in eight laps driving the, <laughs> the rain line because that's one of the things we teach is how to drive in the rain, yeah. how to pass people, how to start races. All those separate elements are part of this program. You know, Bruce, you brought back a great memory because here it rains in the Northwest. And I remember a few races where it rained and I actually caught up and passed some guys. That, That's cool. Yeah, That's great. I felt so like, ho, ho, you know, the, the I rain. I don't race unless it rains. The I rain. love the rain. Well, the rain, yeah, that's an equalizer. That's for sure. It's, your, it's, it's kind of fun to go faster, slower. 
if I, if you will. Yeah, really. Yeah. 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 The hardest thing is being able to see, you know, it's the hardest uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Especially if you're there with other cars that are, you know, throwing rooster tails and it's in your face and open car. Yeah. That's for sure. Yep. We had yeah. a race at Watkins Glen during Hurricane Hugo and there were 107 cars and I bought the little wings to hold the windshield wipers on the, on the windshield. And we ended up leading that race for an hour and a half, which is kind of cool. Wow. That's very cool. Well, I always ask my guests about a great book they've read. Is there a book that you perhaps have read that you'd like to share? It could be fiction, nonfiction, fun, business, cars, whatever. Yeah, well, there's a book actually that I helped do the editing on called Going Faster, which really outlines everything that we teach at Skip Barber. And it was written by Carl Lopez, who's a brilliant writer. And, and the book is really has pretty much all the information you need to do a pretty good job in a race car. And then there's The Art of Racing in the Rain. You probably oh, yeah. read it. Yeah. That's a great book. I enjoyed that. And then The un the Unfair Advantage by Mark Donahue also is a great book. Oh, gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, those are all fantastic. They sit on my shelf. Had Garstein who wrote The Art of Racing in the Rain as a guest here on the Cars. Yeah, he lives up in Seattle, just a couple hours north of me. Um, so that's pretty cool. Got to meet him uh, at a book signing for some kids' books he was doing, which he has some really cool kids' books if you have some kids in your life or little kids. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was an educated guy. He actually had the right idea about racing in the rain. I was pretty impressed. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, they made a movie about that, but the book is so much better. Um, yep, it yeah, is. Yeah, it's yep. absolutely fantastic. But, uh, yeah, Going Faster, that's another one. So all of these are great books. Listeners, you can find these books listed on Bruce's show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com, type in Bruce McKinnis, M-A-C-I-N-N-E-S, and you'll find that there. And there's other great place on the website called Guest Recommended Books where there's well over 1,800 books listed there with with quick, easy clicks to buy. All sorts of great reading from my inspiring automotive enthusiasts. We'll take one more short break. We come back. I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive, Bruce. So start thinking about that, and we'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. Join Linkage. Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. I'm honored to say that my charity of choice here at Cars yeah is Tech Force Foundation. They help young people find an education and career that aligns with their passions. For those who love cars, problem solving, and working with their hands a career as a professional automotive technician is the perfect fit for a fulfilling life. We're all wired differently and not every successful career demands a four-year university. Technical education and the skilled trades matter and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn more about how you can support tomorrow's driving force and workforce of technicians at techforce.org like I do here at Cars Yeah! 
All right, we are back. I have a magic scepter here at Cars yeah, and I'm going to arrange for you to go on the ultimate ride. Here's the deal. You get to pick the vehicle. You get to pick someone to go with, living or deceased. You get to decide who's driving, and what are you going to talk about? So what does your ultimate drive look like? I would love to do the Pacific Coast Highway. That would be an awesome trip. Yep, down to, down to you know, to... Um, the southern part of, of California. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do it with Mario Andretti Ooh. as my co-driver. Okay. I'd like to do it in an Alpha Nardi, which is a two-seater Formula One car from the late 40s, early 50s. And Mario would be driving. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I would love that. You know, that's pretty cool. I've had the luxury of taking that drive so many times. I even rode my bike from San Francisco down to LA on that. Yeah. One summer with a bunch of us when I was in high school, um, we had kind of a chase vehicle and we'd stop and camp. That was pretty cool. Uh, It's a beautiful drive. You're going to love that. Uh, Now, very interesting car. Tell us a little bit more about this Alfa Nardi. I had a roommate who actually owned an Alfa Nardi. It was a Alfa engine and a Nardi chassis, which is the first I think it was the first car that Enzo Ferrari built for Formula One. And it was a great car. It was just, it was one of those things you can't help but smile when you see it going by. And it was open wheel and it was just an amazing piece. Front engine, big louvered hood, big power, no brakes. It was just amazing. It was a lot of fun. I'm going to have to do a little research because I'm not real familiar about that car, but it sounds just absolutely wonderful. And with Mario at the wheel, who could, can't go wrong there, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you got to get that to happen, or at the very least, to maybe take your wife, Vicky, and you guys take a nice drive uh, up or down the Pacific Coast Highway. Uh, it's just beautiful. Once you get past uh, Malibu there, all the way up, I did a drive on that road with my son. We drove from Long Beach back here to Gig Harbor in a Beck Spider. Oh, no kidding. Great. Yeah, Excellent. it was a beautiful car that John Wilhoyt had built, had a Speedster engine, and it was just so fun. No top, no heat, no radio, and we spent five Chuck days. Chuck Beck is an amazing guy. He really is. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I've got a kick car. I've got a, actually, I sent you a picture of it. Yes. It's a Sterling GT with a rotary in it. It's it has a 13B cool. rotary. Yeah, it's very cool. This car was built by John Wilhoyt using all Porsche parts except for the tube frame and the body. It even had uh, Speedster seats, a work steering wheel, a modified 1956 Speedster engine. Wow. It was a really delightful car. It was just fun. We had a great time. My son's never forgiven me for selling his car, as he calls it. uh, (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like fun. Well, you have taken us on a really fun ride here, Bruce. And I want to thank Dan DeMonte for suggesting suggesting that you and I talk. Of course, he's one of the, the leaders there at the Skip Barber Racing School. Uh, fantastic guy, fantastic racing school. Before I let you go, is there maybe one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance? I know you had that great saying, discipline, aggression, aggression with a sense of calm. Is there maybe a, a quote for you or a mantra? Yeah, there, I have a couple of ways of expressing what really is important and you want to set high goals for yourself so when you go to the track you don't want to say you just want to win the race you want to qualify the car on the pole you want to set the lap record you want to lap second place and if you only win you're not too disappointed you know so that's that's the the goals you should set are really high goals and to do that you've got to be smart and you've got to be disciplined and you've got to know what you're doing you know winning is a function of your enthusiasm and it's your desire your willingness to make sacrifices but it's got to be tempered with discipline because the same things that can get get you a lap record can get you in a lot of trouble. Yeah, no kidding. So do a Skip Barber program. You'll learn all these little quips and things will be great. 
Absolutely. Is that the best way for people to keep up with you is through Skip Barber Racing School, the website? Skipbarber.com is a good way to go. Uh, I have my own personal website, Mechanist Motorsports, but uh, all the programs and all the costs and, the, and tracks that we go to are outlined on Skip Barber. And we also do corporate events as well. So something to think about. Yeah. For you listeners out there, again, if this has been something kind of noodling back of your skull, I can't emphasize enough. And especially after the year we've just been through, you got to go do stuff. And if this is something you've thought about doing, having graduated from two classes there, this is the way to do it. These are the guys to do it with. I don't care what level you are. By the time you're done, you will feel so good. You'll be so happy. And who knows? Who knows where it might lead to? You might end up at Formula One. I don't know. <laughs> I hope you have a big checkbook, but uh, or a big bank account. Well, you're part of the family, you know, and it's a family. It's a family business run by a great family, the Demontes. But you're also part of the family, and well, so is everybody you. that graduates at Skip Barber. Well, I hold that in high regard, having graduated from that school. Love it. Again, listeners, check it out, skipbarber.com. Check it out on the website. And if you missed my talk with Kirk Dooley, uh, it was great. Another great guy, a uh, past Marine, as I understand you are too. Is that right, Bruce? Well, no, my dad your was. Your dad was. Your dad. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, shout out to your dad and uh, my uh, my thanks for you and your family for serving this great country. Uh, listeners, again, you can find everything on Bruce's show notes page. Bruce, thank you for being so generous today, having a delightful talk with you. This was so much fun. Until you and I talk again or we meet at a racetrack, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.